0: Hey, 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 hey. Welcome, Libertarian Socialists and Wannabes. Back, been a while, sorry. Spending a lot of time trying to get the book together. I'm just putting the money up. A couple thousand dollars to do it, maybe more. And I just got to button it up and make it go forward. So I have to say, you know, libertariansocialism.com and the Facebook page, getting. You know, some organic traffic. So, i am writing a medium. Things have been, you know, going okay, I think, uh, as far as getting some traction. I, uh, you know, I'm feeling okay about it. Now, I think specifically, one of the things that's on everyone's mind right now is the Supreme Court. And in the book, Libertarian Socialism, American Style, there is a chapter in there and even, you know, talks about the United States is not supposed to be a dictatorship of five robes. There was always the ability for a juror to vote his conscience. And that's kind of slipped away at it slipped away from us and even though there has been, you know, a nineteenth century or early twentieth century ruling that voting your conscience and jury nullification is real, you can't really tell anyone about it. <clears throat> Nonetheless, it seems like the courts gonna get packed. Number 45 is doing the things that he was hired to do. I mean, he's got trillion dollar tax reform giveaway, uh, 800 billion dollar budget to the Pentagon right now. I, I mean, he's really delivering. Now he's gonna deliver two Supreme Court justices potentially here. And I, I don't see it, the Democrats blocking it to be, um, to be frank. And in any case, Let's say a case is brought against a woman for uh, an illegal abortion. Can we get a jury to convict her? If jurors really, citizens really stand up, apparently a majority, huge majority of Americans do not want to see Roe v. Wade overturned. But that does seem to be what this is about. So here's a chance for you know the people to be heard because allegedly there's a huge percentage of people that, do not want to see Roe v. Wade overturned. Are they willing to stand up for what they believe in when it comes to sitting in a jury box, for example? And I guess we're gonna see, because it looks like this court is gonna be pretty conservative and that Roe v. Wade is is on their radar screen. No question about that. Parkland students, you can see why gun control as a one-issue thing is problematic. It leaves the consciousness of the nation after a certain amount of time. There's just been so many school shootings. I understand that there's a certain amount of passion on your part after being shot at to get it to stop, but I think you're seeing just how perverse the situation is now, right? I mean schools are getting shot up, kids are getting shot up, and yet you can't get any kind of gun control at all. The levers of power are controlled by money right now, and there's a lot of money being made on the free gun society, I, I guess. That's the only thing I can you know, really fathom for why such a perverse situation would continue. And another thing on the Supreme Court's radar screen coming up now is, you know, broader gun rights, which am trying to think, how broad, how much broader can gun rights be in America? I mean, everyone's got one. So, but what I really wanted to speak to the Parkland students about is what you're fighting for is admirable, but the fact is, until we return the paper ballots, given the insecure voting machines, we, we just can't know really what's what these vote counts are there's at least if there's paper ballots there is something to go count it's a physical thing and though of course there's some gaming of election that can be done in the case of paper ballots it requires you to at least be close you got to be like at 49% to get to 51% there's no swinging you know huge 10% or more the way you can do when you're just flipping a uh, bits and bytes. And that, I think, concerns me. Number 45's in office. The current state of the Electoral College and how things are being divvied up, the winner take all of the states, means that he probably only needs about 39, 38% if he get, gets it in the right places to, to be reelected in 2020. And he seems to have a, a core that's near that percentage. But personally, and I think as a nation, we need to know, is it there? And we need to, you know, rethink how we're doing the Electoral College because we can't get rid of the Electoral College because we need the Electoral College because it's telling us that the elections are being gained. because the popular vote doesn't match the outcome, doesn't match the Electoral College outcome. Part of that has to do with this winner-take-all system that's there. And in the, court, in the book, Libertarian Socialism, American style. There's stuff in there about how to reform that, how to deal with making elections more transparent. But you can't get anything passed, gun control, anything that for the people unless the people really have the power to elect representatives that will represent them. And The only way to do that is the current system, the current Situation is paper ballots. That's all, that's the only way we can go right now. So I'm here to advocate paper ballots. And so, as long as I'm on the subject of paper, paper knowledge, deciding things with paper, because you know, I'm doing these podcasts, like socialism, American style, writing about political stuff, obviously giving in political discussions online, and that. You know can be rather trying and occasionally I'll be confronted with something like Islamophobia and it can be troubling how different the two sides as versions of history are in this world of facts and alternative facts. I mean, there's no such thing as an alternative fact. Fact is a fact. There can be an alternative interpretation of the facts, but in the past, we used to agree on what the facts were. We would argue about how to interpret the facts, and we would argue about what was still unknown, and there would still be room for opinion. Now we can't even agree really on the facts, so it can make you know political discussions pretty trying, and so some point, I'm being presented with a lot of uh, really heinous stuff about Muhammad—you know, a pedophile, murderer—and and and then also then presented with these links. I go to these websites, rather slick sites. Some of them just laying out what an evil person uh, the the Prophet Muhammad is. And I'm like thinking, you know, I'm old, so. I remember learning about Muhammad in, in school and how, you know, it didn't seem like the teachers really railed on him quite like that and I, all of a sudden I just said it's epiphany because I kept, I, because I was thinking I could go get some links, right, that support my, what I remember the story of Muhammad, the prophet of uh, Islam, you know, what, what his story uh, was historically and... I, then I realized, well, they got their own links. They don't need my links. They have their own links. And so anything I present is just, you know, it's fake news. It's, and that's, what, that's when I had this realization of just how fluid facts are in the Internet age. You, I can write a bot that just scrubs the Internet nonstop. I can change how things are presented out there. Because I can write automated scripts to go out and, and, and fix things for me. So, facts have become rather fluid in the 21st century. There's no doubt about it. So I was then I had this epiphany. The epiphany was that there was a time when a lot of us really agreed on what the facts were. I mean, us, like the whole world. And they were in, in, in encyclopedias. And, and it Encyclopedias were put together by, you know, moldy college professors, uh, old dudes, super conservative, double, triple checking facts, it had to be a facts fact being there. It had to be known to be a fact to be in the encyclopedia. And the most prestigious of those was Encyclopedia Britannica, which I happened to have a copy and this copy is old because I inherited it from my uh, stepfather. And just was published in 1966. So it's over 50 years old. And it predates the culture war. In Britain in 1966, sure, on the street, there's the Beatles are playing music. But it hasn't hit the halls of academia. That doesn't happen until the 70s and into the, maybe the early 80s. And blah, blah, blah. The culture war just takes off. But in the mid-60s, the most prestigious and conservative encyclopedia on the planet was not playing fast and loose with facts. They were not putting stuff in here for political reasons. And so I was able to go in here, you know, because this is M. This is volume 15, and I could find Mohammed in here and I could read from it a little bit. And so what I did in this online forum was I just took some pictures of these pages. And then I took a couple of excerpts out of them. Nothing big, but I, basically there was three, four pages about Muhammad in here, which is a lot because you know, you're you putting all your facts down in, in printed words on pages. You have to be very, uh, you know, very parsimonious with space. So even though Muhammad's a pretty big historic figure, four pages, that's what he gets. So, um, you know, I took pictures of those pages, put it up in the forum, kind of got people to agree that there was a time when we did agree on historical interpretations of, or historical facts. And unless there's been some archaeological discoveries, this is actually a pretty good yardstick uh, a good source for historical facts now, maybe science number of planets in in the neutrino What's a quark? And things like that, okay, you know, I, I, we understand why encyclopedias are, 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 are You know ba- basically disappearing but all of a sudden it become very clear to me because first of all It calmed down a really potentially fiery discussion that I was involved in. And I got some agreement on what the facts were. So the discussion was civil about what our disagreement about the interpretation of the facts was. So, because when it starts to bring up some real minutia about the details of Muhammad's life, there is some historical context that has to, and some, I guess uh tolerance to be t- to the times. otherwise when you look at the Bible when you look at, at lot offering up his his, his virgin daughters to a, a mob to be gang raped rather than have the uh, because they want to have the angels and that have come to warn him about destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah you know I mean that's when you can start to say okay, all this really, inflammatory language we're using. All the Abrahamic religions are faced with it because because Islam, Christianity, and Judaism, you know, a lot is part of their deal, part of the Old Testament. So in any case, the value that's here in this encyclopedia, a paper encyclopedia before 1970, Especially something as prestigious as Encyclopedia Britannica, which I think probably cost like over a thousand dollars in the 1960s to get this thing. And my uh, stepfather probably bought it and made payments on it over a couple of years. That's why he had it. So it was very helpful when me, and I realized these are being lost because of, you know, obviously some facts in here, like science facts, and, you know, there have been discoveries that aren't going to be in here. You know, the internet has taken over as the source of knowledge. But it means that it's curated knowledge and it's poorly curated. It's poorly curated and it's very fluid. And I could go there in 2016 and find things about this or that. that and those facts are different in 2018. And I'm not sure whether I remember maybe those facts were different but I have no way to convince anyone of anything different. Because if we all go to the, out there on the internet, those facts are now n- newly scrubbed. So these things are incredibly, incredibly valuable. This is when we all agreed on facts, historical facts, as well as some scientific facts, which unless we can actually point to you know, new scientific discoveries, Potentially, we can say, wow, everyone agreed about... So I've decided that it might be time for a GoFundMe to buy 1970, pre-1970, 20th century encyclopedias and start stockpiling them and start scanning those pages and putting them up as these are historical facts that we once all agreed upon. So I've started to look around and personally get them, maybe put them in my garage. I, you know, I have the whole set of these guys. And I think I'm going to put up a GoFundMe. Help me. Save the encyclopedias. Help me save the encyclopedias. This encyclopedic knowledge on paper. Super conservative guys putting that stuff in there. But again, this is what society was running on. Because there once was a time when we agreed on a lot more stuff. There wasn't this disagreement about basic facts. So. There it is. Give what can. Promise to put the money that particular goal buying pre nineteen seventy encyclopedias and stockpiling them. And if I get enough money, start scanning those pages and putting them up. For people to to review for themselves. I mean, obviously the best thing to do would be to do some optical character recognition on those and so that's not just an image, but again, that's gonna take some money. So I'm willing to give it a shot. I really used to read these things when I was bored when I was a little kid. So man, I think encyclopedias are great. And so when the internet first came out, i get information about all this stuff. It was crazy for a person like me who used to read encyclopedias. But now I see how fluid that information is. It doesn't feel like facts anymore. This feels like someone's interpretation and narrative and opinion now on the internet. And finding actual facts? Ugh, difficult. Seems difficult. For people, libertarian socialism, American style, coming out as a paperback. I don't know, ten bucks. Probably I gotta charge ten bucks. It's got you know, it's gonna cost me money to print every copy. It's two thousand just to get out of a print set, editorial assessment, check for plagiarism, check for copyright infringement and libel. Because they won't go forward unless they do all that. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm pretty sure I haven't infringed on any copyrights. I mean, I spun it all out. Pretty much this kind of stream of consciousness, and then just kept on refining it. But of course, Bill writes in there, text Bill writes in there, and I don't mean libel's open to interpretation, I guess. But I'm hopeful I'm going to make it, make it through, become paperback, and you guys can buy it. In the meantime, you could go to libertarian socialism.org. You could download the ebook. you could read it, and you could maybe become a Libertarian Socialist, because I, there it is, it was quite a, quite an investment back in the day, but you can see it's been taking a beating over the years, it's more than 50 years old.